first of all, to Psalm um, 91. Psalm 91, and we're going to begin with looking at how the spirit, or the, the, uh, the angels, are active even in our lives. Now, I heard something this morning I like to turn on just to get a different perspective and where people are from and where they're coming from. And so a lot of times I'll listen to the radio station that I usually get the news and everything off of, so it's always on that. So I want to turn it on Sunday morning. It's a Lutheran uh, church down in uh, down in downtown uh, Rockford, and it's called Redeemer. And uh, they're talking about uh, churches that uh, or that uh, the Christendom will be celebrating on September September 29th uh, all. Not All Saints Day, it's Angels, anyway, St. Michael's Day or something. And like I said, uh, I looked up to make sure I was saying the right thing this morning, but um, St. Michael is a misnomer because either you're a saint or you're an angel, but you're not both. A saint was, the the very word is holy ones or the called out ones, uh, and the angels were called, they weren't called out of the world, they were created sinless. And so, uh, uh, but then again, the danger of recognizing angels is anything that we start thinking of too much detracts us from the Lord Jesus Christ. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Now, I'm not saying the other person's going to go to hell if they've got a St. Michael's or whatever, something on their lapel, or I don't know where you were, you know, or dashboard or you know, you put them on chain or whatever. Uh, now, uh, let me, you're from that background. So is that something that people do as far as St. Michael's one of the faith, St. Christopher's another one. And so I don't know. I think Christopher was a human, but uh, I, don't, I don't really get into all that. Uh, but uh, we have to be careful that even when we study demons, and I've seen this with, with preachers and they, they rec- I've seen a couple of rec ministries, they get so involved and talking about demons and they get their minds off the Lord and all of a sudden a demon's behind every bench or whatever. Uh, I had a lady in my church, bless her heart, uh, her husband's just passed away, but uh, I never will forget uh, going to visit with her for the first time after she'd visited with us. And she was sitting on her back porch almost in a terror and very depressed and had been crying. And uh, I started talking with her and she was from a, you know, a good conservative background. And I started talking to her and she said, am I, can I be demon possessed? I'm going, boy, it just shocked me. Here she is a very, now back then, of course, now you see my picture up here and all that stuff when I was younger. Now I'm a lot older than she was then, but, uh, but you know, very pretty lady. And here she's worrying about being demon possessed. And what had happened is she'd gone to church and she had, you know, like we all, she had uh, fallen into some sin and was a guilt, uh, she felt guilty about it and went forward and she couldn't, uh, she just couldn't get forgiveness for it. She just, and that's one thing we have to be careful that we don't, you know, as far as the East is from the West, uh, the Lord remembers our sin no more. And so, no, there's not a license. We don't, so that doesn't give us a license to go out and sin again. The Lord says, uh, you're forgiven. Don't, you know, go and sin no more. But, uh, but we see that uh, uh, 
Yeah, we have to be careful that we don't make it so that uh, people say, well, no matter what I do is not good enough. You know, and no matter how hard I try, I just don't for, be forgiven. But the coup d'etat with this lady was that um, uh, she said that she had been talking to an evangelist who was big on demons and all this kind of stuff. And he was drawing crowds back in a time when people were studying demons. You know, these fads go through school, uh, go through radio. I mean, you could hear, it's interesting how that just, you hear certain preachers preach on things and all of a sudden you hear all the preachers that are on the radio, at least referring to it, if not preaching on these little fads that come along. But um, this, uh, actually she talked to him for a while and prayed with him and then came back to him a little bit later and still felt the same way. And he said, you may, you probably just demon possessed. I mean, you don't do that to Christian people or you don't do it to anybody. I mean, I don't know whether you're demon-possessed or not. Uh, I, have you ever cast out demons? I don't know. I hope I have. But if I have, I've let God take care of it, not myself. Um, we have to be careful with, you know, this idea of trying to identify angels and things not seen. And so uh, well, the great thing about it is I was able to counsel her and her and her husband and assure her that, no, she wasn't demon. And they became the stronger, the strongest people in my church. I mean, they just, I mean, she went from total wreckage to a pillar of the church, her and her husband. And so, you know, that's what you want to see is, uh, you know, we're not here to cast fear. Um, I, in fact, uh, when I start talking about angels and even here, why, well, uh, I don't want to think about angels where God says, and we'll see in, in verse 11, um, well, let's go back to verse 9. And this is what's called the missionary uh, psalm because so many people will take it. He that dwells, well, let's go, so go back to verse 1. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall uh, abide, Psalm 91, Psalm 91, uh, shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In Him I will trust. Surely he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings uh, you shall take refuge. Um, His truth shall be your shield and buckler. Now what about all those things? Every one of those things are invisible. A a, A snare is invisible to the bird. And that's the reason they'll fly into them and get caught. Well, God will protect me from the things unseen as I walk with him. And that's one reason that uh, missionaries, especially going to demon-possessed lands or you know, whatever, they, they take this verse or this passage very literally. Um, and notice in verse 5, You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies through the day. There again, things that you can't see, the unknown. Nor of pestilence that walks in darkness, nor the destruction that lays waste to, at noonday. A thousand shall, may fall at your uh, side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. In other words, there again, things you can't control, people dying and things that happen. Uh, only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. In other words, you want to experience the reward of the wicked. Uh, verse 9, because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For the Lord shall give his angels charge over you 
to keep you in all your ways. Now, this is a verse where we get the idea of guardian angels and all these different things. And um, where we're hoping that, you know, does God have those for us? I hope so. And I'm thinking, uh, and we'll see in just a moment, uh, a couple of other things about angels even maybe appearing at times. But, um, but we're not going to know them. And uh, anybody who thinks they're dealing in the spirit world is only deluding themselves. You have to be careful with that. Uh, the only person, the only spirit that I want to really concentrate on is the Holy Spirit. Because he tells me to be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the spirit. Not the spirits, but the spirit. And so, uh, and he'll take care of everything else. Notice he, and notice how this all goes, uh, the shadow of the most high, the almighty, um, uh, and the dwelling place with the most high, all these different things. Uh, he says, you just stick with God and he will take care of the, he will, he will take charge of the angels. And so our focus is on the Lord Jesus and not on angels. And so I don't even want to pray to, Lord, send angels to take care of me. No, Lord, you take care of me, and you'll do it whatever way you want to do it. And so we have to be careful now. I don't want to discount angels, but I don't want to concentrate on them. I want to, and we want to zero in on the Lord Jesus Christ. Stayed upon Jehovah, hearts are fully blessed, finding as he promised perfect peace and rest. And so... We are looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. That's, uh, um, that's Hebrews chapter 2, verse 12. So again, but there again, just to show you how this can be perverted, who used this verse in this, uh, the, the angels can be charged, well, he'll give the angels charge over you. Who used this verse in the New Testament? Who quoted this verse? Yeah, he knew a lot about the Bible. And he quote, he stated he state, he he quoted this verse to the Lord Jesus in the temptations, and so be careful of people who even can quote Bible verses, because Satan knows the Word of God. You know there's one God that um, you do well. Uh, Satan also believes there's one God and trembles. James chapter two. So yeah, the devil knows there's a God out there, and he uh, and he's afraid of him. So we see then that um, the angels have a very active role. Now, I gave you a, very, a lot of verses here, uh, but, and I'll just say these for those who in the audience or whatever that don't have uh, a, a, a verse or a, one of our notes. But um, first of all, uh, the angels were present at creation. Job tells us that in Job 38, verse 7. And so we can just turn back from Psalm to verse 38. Now, we're not going to do all that with these because you notice I gave you a lot of verses. But uh, we'll see that uh, in Job 38, verse 7, that, uh, excuse me, this bigger Bible, there's a lot more pages to it, so I have to keep turning. Okay, it says, and when the morning stars sang, sang together and all the sons of God shouted for glory. And so he's talking about creation here when the Lord created foundations of the earth, verse 4, where he laid them. And the morning stars, of course, uh, talking about angels and the sons of God, which are, again is used for angels there. And so we see that they were present at uh, creation. Also, we know 
uh, Stephen tells us that they were uh, present on Mount Sinai at the giving of the law. When he says that in, in Acts chapter 7, verse 23, or 53. Then Galatians 3.19, Paul says something similar. And even in Revelation chapter 22, in verse 16, we see, well, let's just, I'll turn over to that one because that's the last part of, uh, of the Bible. But in chapter 22, um, verse 16, he says, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. Now, he's the bright and morning star, and yet there are morning stars. So, of course, plural, and saying he is the star, just like he is. Now, in the Old Testament, we'll look at this, I hope, a couple of weeks from now. Uh, in the Old Testament, you'll see an angel of the Lord or angels of the Lord. But when you see the angel of the Lord, then that then he is what we call Jesus Christ pre-incarnate. Now, what does that mean? That means, or we call it a theophany. We get the word ophthalmology from that. But it is the idea of God making himself, he appears in the flesh or for someone to see him as a theophany. But the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament is the bright and morning star, and that is the Lord Jesus as he would come and he talked to Manoah. We saw that last week. And he talked to uh, uh, two others in the Bible. He talked to, uh, to, um, to Isaiah and Elijah and others. And so we see the angel of the Lord uh, so uh, we see that he was present at uh, even at the, as the giving of the law. Uh, then, of course, at, uh, Luke chapter two, verse thirteen, we see that he was present, or they were present, at Christ's birth. Remember what happened there? The shepherds saw him, and of course, they led them, led the shepherds to uh, to the Lord Jesus. Um, and of course, he was at the temptation. Remember what happened at the temptation? After the temptation was over. What does uh, Matthew 4.11 tell us happened? The angels came and ministered unto him. And so after the direct contact with Satan, God allowed the angels, God the Father allowed the angels to be with him. Uh, Luke 22.43 tells us that there were angels in the Garden of Gethsemane. And there again... If these angels were there, that song takes a lot of significance when you hear he could have called 10,000 angels, but he died alone for you and me. And so the, there was a lot of angelic warfare going on. Uh, the resurrection, remember, there are angels, at least three. There was one that showed up for the ladies and then two more that showed up for another group of ladies. And so we see there were angels there in Matthew uh, 22. Uh, remember Acts 1.10. In Acts 1.10, you had an angel saying, uh, you men of Galilee, why, gaze up, why are you standing here gazing up in heaven? This same Jesus, which you saw go up in heaven, shall so come in the clouds as you've seen him go into in heaven. So uh, again, if he went up in the clouds, and we know he's coming back in the clouds. And then we know at Second uh, Thessalonians chapter one verse seven that the angels will be 
at the second coming because he's going to come with his holy angels. And so again, we see all these terms. So you have Luke 2.13, Matthew 4.11, uh, Luke 22.43, uh, Matthew 28.2, Acts 1, two, uh, verse 10, and 2 Thessalonians 1.7. So those are all verses talking about you know, just the ministry of the Holy Spirit um, from creation all the way to from Genesis to Revelation, actually. Now, there's a couple of passages then. We just saw the one where we see that we do have angels that protect us and watch over us. But then we, and this is the core passages that we won't look at this morning, and that is Hebrews chapter 1. Of course, we started off in Hebrews chapter 1. Uh, with the study of angels, and we see that uh, they are um, that the Lord made Himself a little lower than the angels in order to be uh, the presence of man. That tells us that we're a little lower than the angels as far as our position. But um, so we see in verse thirteen, of course, talking about the superiority of the Lord over the angels, and that's what the Hebrews chapter one stresses. And we've looked at that. He said, um, "To which of the angels has He said?" Sit at my right hand that I make your enemies your footstool. Now, which angel did he say that to? None. That's the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And, of course, we remember Psalm 110, which was, that's the quote from there. And, of course, that's about the Lord Jesus Christ uh, coming. And now he is sitting at the right hand of the throne of God. But he says, uh, are they not all ministering spirit sent forth to minister for those who inherit salvation. So there it is. Angels are sent forth here to minister to us because we, what? Inherit salvation. So I don't know what the angels are doing, but I don't want to concentrate on the angels. I just want to concentrate on the person who directs the angels. You know, it's kind of like whenever... uh, you walk into, or a policeman walks into an organization or whatever, and there's been a disturbance, uh, he'll ask, who's in charge here? You know, who is it, uh, who, who, who's the one person I need to talk to? Everybody else get out of the way. I need to talk to that one person. Because if I, if I hear a thousand voices at once, I'm going to get confused. So just tell me what went on, and then I can start picking out the different people I want to tell me. But uh, first of all, let me begin who's in charge. And so, uh, and then if that person says, I didn't see it, but so-and-so did, okay, then I will talk to him. You stay out of it, you know, or whatever. But it's, you know, the concentrating on the one person. And so we see that uh, he says that, um, that they are ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who inherit salvation. So he tells us in verse 13, who's in charge. He tells us uh, other places that there's millions of them, billions of them. Well, who am I to pick out one of them? I don't even know who's in charge. I mean, the only thing I know is who's in charge. I don't know, I don't know but two other names. And we looked at those last week. Well, three, if you want to think about the one that we don't want to think about, and that's uh, Lucifer, but Gabriel and Michael. And we know that uh, we looked at last week, and we saw that uh, Michael is, at, uh, uh, is the minister of, uh, really, the in charge of, Israel, the war angel, the charge of war and battle. And every time we see Michael, he's uh, taking charge and doing things. And then we see Gabriel, 
who is uh, the messenger. He's coming to the Lord uh, in the name of the Lord. And he talked to Mary and other people, to Zechariah and others. And so we see that he is the, uh, the messenger angel. And so we see that he deals with the word of God. So we have war and word. And, uh, and then we see uh, with Lucifer, he was in charge of worship. And he wanted worship. And so, uh, and so those three W's there. But here we see then that uh, in, in, uh, first, or in Hebrews 1.14, that uh, they are ministering spirits. And that backs up what we saw in Psalm 91.11, that he will give his angels charge over you. Now, in First uh, Peter chapter 5, verse 10, the Lord says he resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. That word resist there is a very interesting Greek word, which means that he marshals his forces against the proud. So does that mean that uh, the angels that are walking with us or doing, working for us, all of a sudden... He has ways of turning things against us. And then how much of it, God can do it himself, but there again, he chooses to use us to reach other people. So he also directs his angels uh, to do certain things. But I don't know what he's doing, so I'll just keep my mind on who he is. And so again, we see the importance of uh, uh, ministering spirits. Then also, uh, there are two verses in, uh, we see here. Well, let's go. Let's just skip down to Luke sixteen twenty two. If you remember the rich man and Lazarus, the story there, and this is not a parable because we have names and all the parables. He just talked about a sore that went forth to sow, or a man who lost his treasure, or the the widow who uh, lost her treasure, or whatever else. But he never named them. But here we have a couple of names. We have. Uh, we have the rich, not the rich man, but we have uh, Lazarus, who was, remember, he was covered with sores and the dogs came and licked, licked his sores. But then you have uh, Lazarus, who is named, and then you have Abraham, who is named. And um, so here we have in Luke 6, 23, and I used to quote this verse, um, and I still do, but I, uh, I remember, uh, I won't name his name, we're on the internet again, and all of a sudden we're finding out people who uh, know us, but I was uh, had a roommate in the barracks uh, in Norfolk, Virginia, very intelligent guy. Uh, he would like me, there were a lot of guys back then that we chose, uh, we chose the services we went into rather than letting the, the uh, um, government choose for us. And so many, there were a lot of kids that were either, you know, halfway through college or whatever, and the GI Bill was offered to us all, so let's go and, you know, let the GI Bill help us through the rest of college or whatever. But uh, this fellow was extremely intelligent. He was going to the University of uh, Minnesota. But uh, I quoted this verse to him, Father Abraham, have that mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. And he said, oh, now listen, if uh, Lazarus, or if the rich man could pray to Abraham, why can't Catholics pray to Mary? 
and of course, here I am, you know, Billy Bible Schooler. Boy, I'm really going at it. And duh, <laughs> you know, boy, that he had me. You know, so okay, give me an answer. Why? Well, for one thing, this tells us something about heaven. It tells us that no Old Testament saint could go to heaven until what? Until their sins not were just covered, but totally removed by what? The blood of Jesus Christ. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission. So there were abodes, and we see that in the Old Testament. Uh, uh, David says, I will not leave my soul in hell or into Hades, or there are several different terms there, Gehenna, all those different terms that we used. But um, Lazarus, now Abraham's bosom, there were people before Abraham, were there different uh, abodes? I don't know. But that's one of those insights the Lord opens up and just gives you a little bit of revelation. Then he closes it and says, wait a minute, Lord, I want to know more. You know, it's kind of like we're going to be looking at the book of Acts. It just ends. You know, it just ends with the the gospel uh, goes forth unhindered. Now, wait a minute. You know, there should be a happy ending here. But it's just interesting how the Bible does that in so many times where it says, okay, uh, I've told you all you need to know. Now, uh, obey me but uh so we don't need to know all of these different things all we need to know is is that they're out there but you know uh, the lord knows the mind of the spirit and what we want to do is connect with the holy spirit of god the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of god and so we want to uh to bear witness with the Holy Spirit, not with the angels. You start dealing with the spirit, with the spirits, and you don't know if you're dealing with an angel or the Holy Spirit. And that takes away from the deity of, of God. And so again, we see that um, there were abodes, and Lazarus is in heaven today, but why? Because the Lord declared to even uh, the thief on the cross, today you will be with me in paradise. And what did Paul later on say? Absent from the body, present with the Lord. Why? Because the blood was shed. And it covers and cleanses us from all sins. And that's what uh, the blood of Jesus Christ shall cleanse us from all sins. First John 1.10. And so we see that uh, we have been totally cleansed. But that wasn't true until the Lord Jesus came and died on the cross. Now, did that? Uh, I would think I would a lot rather be with the uh, abode of Abraham than the uh, abode or in hell where um, where Lazarus, or excuse me, where the um, where the rich man was. And remember, there was a great gulf fixed between them. Uh, that's another thing. It's kind of we see descriptive many times. Uh, there's a great uh, chasm between heaven and hell. And, um, and so we see there's a big difference. And so we see there uh, in Psalm 103, um, then let's go back to, to these verses. We see there are spectators, and then we'll turn back over to Ephesians. But these are two verses that uh, really help us out some. And now if I'm confusing you, uh, stop me and uh, ask you know, let's make sure that we are understanding this. But the main thing is that uh, we look unto Jesus and we do realize that there are spirit beings out there, but, uh, and we realize that God has ways of doing things. 
Um, but in Psalm 120, or 103, verse 20, we see that he says, Blessed be the Lord, you his angels, who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. So, uh, of course, this is inspired, and David is saying here, uh, you angels, so he's just, you know, he's just praying. Now, listen, you say, well, wait a minute, you just said don't talk to the angels. Well, this is poetic language, and David is recognizing there's angels in heaven. And so, and of course, he's being inspired by the Holy Spirit, he could say this. And so he says, blessed be uh, uh, the Lord, you as angels, who notice you excel in strength. In other words, you have superior strength than me. And so we see that he is saying they're stronger than we are, and we know that they are, and they have supernatural abilities. And then the one verse that whenever I realized it, and especially as a pastor, and uh, I realized and it's really sustained me through the ministry, and that is Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10. So let's go back. Ephesians chapter 3, and of course... Paul in chapter 2 and chapter 3 is dealing with the church. We call Ephesians chapter 1 through 3 actually the church epistles. I mean, actually uh, the whole book. The, the first three are the theology of the church, the first three chapters. And the last three are the practice in the church. And so we see that, uh, so this, that Paul says this is a special revelation that God gave to him. And so we get our doctrine of the church primarily... And we start in the book of Ephesians. But in chapter, uh, chapter 3, in verse 10, he says, well, let's go, back to, um, let's go back to the beginning of the sentence. It's a long sentence. It's uh, three verses long. He says in verse 8, To me, who am less than the least of the saints, this grace was given, that I would preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all see... What is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages was hidden in God, who created all things through Jesus Christ? So first of all, he has shown me the what's a mystery? A mystery is something that God hasn't told us. Revelation is a mystery that God tells us. Does that make sense? Um, there again, a mystery is something that is hidden from our eyes by the Lord until... He reveals it to us, and then it's Revelation. And so that's why we call the book of Revelation the Revelation of Jesus Christ, because he reveals so many things about, about himself and things to come. But uh, we notice that, um, and he says, created all things through Christ Jesus to the intent that the, now the manifold wisdom of God might be, mo might be made known by the church to principalities and powers in heavenly places. That just, once I read that, it just floored me. Now, principalities and powers are ranks of angels. Of course, we've established that. In the heavenlies or heavenly places. So the Bible tells us that here, Paul is saying that this mystery that God has revealed, he's even revealing to the angels and he's showing his, uh, the uh, word manifold wisdom of God is the word multifaceted. The multifaceted wisdom of God is being shown to the angels through the church. God is teaching Gabriel and Michael and all the rest of those angels up there about his wisdom through this church. 
that's just staggering. Just that, what, what can we teach them? You know, there again, I'm not going to say Gabriel and Michael, no, I will keep my mind on the Lord, but just think there's, and there again, if he's got his angels charge, how many, how, who's guarding? I don't know. I don't want to concentrate. I don't want to concentrate on the person he tells me to concentrate on. But uh, there again, we see that angels um, are in charge of us. And then there's another verse that uh, I like to look at and uh, think about this. Uh, as a Christian, do you have the right to treat people, especially people that you don't know, rudely? Do you have a right to treat them rudely? You better be very careful. Because turn over to Hebrews chapter 13. In Hebrews chapter 13, there's another astounding thing that we need to think about. And that is, he says in verse 1, Let brotherly love continue. Do not forget to entertain strangers. For in doing so, some having unwittingly entertained angels or they have entertained angels, as the King James says, unawares. So that means that the Lord might send somebody along just to test you. Now, you say, well, have you ever met an angel? I don't know. But I do remember back, uh, again, uh, got some pictures of me a couple of years before that's pictures were made, but the Lord was really dealing with me. And uh, I remember being in Tampa, Florida, and uh, it's kind of on a, a, a training cruise before I went on active duty. I had a couple of, I went, I went to the training cruise and I was off for a few months and went to school and then I went to active duty. But the Lord was really just beating me to death. It was, you know, it was like, if you don't serve me now, you never will. And I remember walking back and I was by myself and I shouldn't have been by myself in Tampa, Florida at that time. But uh, all of a sudden somebody just appeared to me and, and uh, as I was walking across the street, and it was like, uh, you know, the, uh, do you know the, uh, no, how was it? It was like the Lord is, is, I forget exactly how he put it, but, it was, but I just sensed that he was letting me know the Lord was with me. And I kept walking, and I thought he was going to be walking with me, and I turned around, and I didn't see him anymore. And I know he was real, you know. Because I don't, that's the only, no, I don't see visions, and I've never seen a vision. So, uh, you know, uh, whenever I see a vision, I start wondering about myself, you know, because I just don't, uh, don't go that route. But uh, it was one of those things where it was like, Lord, are you really guiding me in this situation? And I remember going up on the bridge as it went across the harbor there, and uh, just looking up and saying, okay, Lord, you know, I feel so crazy about this, but whatever you want, I'll try to do. And I said, boy, was I, did that just instantly transform me and I became such a fantastic, no, boy. I was, you know, all these th- stories. I remember reading these things about guys getting saved and then they're uh, in the uh, army and or whatever and uh, somebody throws boots at them because they're praying beside their bed and, uh, you know, they polish the boots and send them back to the guy and all that kind of stuff. I wouldn't have. If somebody threw boots at me, I'd pick them up and throw them back at them. I mean, I, I wasn't. I still was in the flesh, man. I mean, I mean I'm sorry, but I, was, I wasn't just instant Saint Dan, you know. I was instant Saint Dan, but not a saint as we think of them today, you know. God had to, 
he had a whole lot more working to do on me. And uh, I'm, I'm glad he didn't give up on me. But there again, you know, they're ministering spirits. But uh, can I tell you, if they're going to be with you, I, I tell you they'll be with you, but don't concentrate on them. Let God decide what he's going to do. I know that uh, there was a, um, a man who uh, had a rescue mission. In fact, his name was Ernest Reveal. In fact, I think it was in Detroit or Chicago or whatever. But uh, uh, they said that he, he was, his car was held together by bumper stickers. He had all kinds of bumper stickers about Jesus loves you and John 3.16 and all that. But they said that uh, he would always pray, now, Lord, put, a, put an angel on my front fender. And Lord, put a foot. You know, he would just pray like that. And they said the way he drove, he needed about 100 angels around him. <laughs> and so I don't know. Uh, you know, am I going to say don't pray to angels? I'm saying if you're going to pray, think about angels. Pray to the Lord about them. Lord, put some angels around me. I need them. Or no, Lord, you just take care of me and you take care of me. If, Lord, I'd lot rather have your hand upon me than an angel. Wouldn't I? Now, if you decide to use an angel, that's fine. But I'm not going to worship St. Michael. I'm not going to pray to him. I'm not even going to think about him. I'm going to think about you. Amen? Stayed upon Jehovah. Okay, now, I hope that uh, helps you to understand a little bit about, more about angels. Are they real? Yes. Do we acknowledge them? Yes. Do we pray to them? No. So, or do we even honor them? In a way that, hey, I don't want them to, I don't want to get, don't want to, don't want to get them mad at me. But at the same time, if I please the Lord, I'll please angels. Okay, any other questions? Okay, well, let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for what you can do in it. Lord, thank you that you have chosen this church to teach supernatural angels, people with our year-created beings that have so much power and more knowledge than we do. And yet you teach them through lowly people like us. Lord, may we honor you. And may we be on the right side, knowing, Lord, that if we are uh, on the Lord's side, then you will have your angels in charge over us. So bless your people, Lord. Give us great strength and power, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.